Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone, and thank you again for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javag, and joining me, as always, my dependable partner in crime, Tina Murray. How are you, Tina? I am great, Darren. Another day in the trenches, as we like to say. No kidding. And so welcome to the show, Clean Break. We are the Divorce Net Podcast. And so today we are doing things just a little bit differently and totally outside of our technical comfort zone. But we uh, we are going live today. So for those of uh, everybody watching live on Facebook, welcome. And for those that are going to hear this podcast later, welcome as well. Today we have uh, an incredible speaker. She is not new to speaking on podcasts. Her name is Kate Anthony. And uh, Kate is the host of the critically acclaimed and New York Times recommended podcast, The Divorce Survival Guide. And also you are the creator of a groundbreaking online coaching program, Should I Stay or Should I Go? So welcome to the show all the way from sunny California, Kate. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, guys. It is Thanks for having me. It is, uh, it's not sunny today. It's, uh, it's going to be cloudy in like the sixties and it's not, we're not okay with that here. <laughs> well, you're, you're not getting snow cause we had snow this morning. So yeah, yeah we had, uh, we had quite a bit of snow okay. last night. There's still snow. I'm looking out. There's still some snow on a building across the road. So yeah, yeah. at least. You wow. Don't have- okay. I thank you. No, we do not have snow. That is that. <laughs> I like to be able to drive to my snow and then drive back. <laughs> drive to away from your no snow. snow. <laughs> I love it. Or like, you know, I like to go and see it in the mountains and then come home where, where it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we are not you know, we are not used to snow in May, just saying. Like you know, we do not live in a Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know when Kate and okay. I actually Kate and I Kate and I had a conversation a while back. We were, we were, I was saying, well, our, our climate here is sort of like New York, New York state, Northern New York and stuff like that. So I think you picked up on, on what it's like here. So that's yeah. awesome. Yep. I'm from New York. I'm from New York and I left for a reason. Ah. So Okay. Just- <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited to hear everything you have to say. So I know there's a little bit of a delay, so we're going to do our best to kind of pause yeah. and then, and then I'll let you, let you speak. So we'll wait for your pause until we speak. How's yeah. that? Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So go go for it, Tina. So I mean, I have like pages of things to ask you, and so I don't know where to start. We are going to have you uh, do a two part. So I, um, but I don't. I really don't know where to start. Tell us a little bit about sort of how you came to this. Yeah. So I, I really came to this because um, I, you know, I went through my own divorce, as most, as many divorce coaches. Uh, do they would go through their own divorces and um, and when I was um, I had a really 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 volatile marriage very uh, difficult marriage and we ended up being able to have a pretty good divorce and so a lot of people would come to me and ask me like how did you do it how did you do it and then when I was sort of reinventing myself post-divorce I'd been a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years I'd been an actor for 30 years I was kind of done with that. Um, 
And I just, I didn't want to, I, I knew that as a single mom or as a divorced mom, I was not gonna be dragging my three-year-old on auditions and like all around town. And it's just LA traffic, it's, it's real. It's real y'all, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. And a lot of people were like, you should be a therapist. Cause that had sort of been my role in all my relationships for so long. And I was like, I do not want to be a therapist. That sounds like too much school. <laughs> too much, too much like textbooks, too many textbooks and studying. Um, and so a friend of mine recommended coaching and I went and I went for a weekend training and I was like, oh, oh, this is where I belong. And I ended up then going back to school, um, fewer textbooks in coaching, by the way, but you know, I, I did end up going back to school for almost three years. Um, so uh, to, to really get trained in this, like I, I, unfortunately the coaching industry is really unregulated and anyone can take a weekend course and be like, I'm certified. And it's like, well, certified by who, right? Mm. So um, I, did, I did get a lot of training um, in both individual coaching and then relationship coaching because I knew I wanted to go into the divorce space. Um, at the time, there was no such thing as a divorce coach. Divorce coaching is a brand new, you know, it's only been around for like the last maybe like five to seven years as like a real thing. And this was 10, for me, this was like 10, 11 years ago. Um, so I was sort of, I was sort of new. Apparently they say now they, they say that I'm, people have said that I'm one of the pioneers of the divorce coaching industry, which like, I guess I am. I just never really knew that at the time. I just knew it was really hard for me to start my business because <laughs> no one knew what I was talking about. Um, and so, yeah, and then just the more I did it, the more I live and more people I talk to, the more women that I coach and the more I'm in this space, you know, the more that I've learned and, and built this business over the last 10 years. Wow. Right. Now you, yeah. pr you predominantly work with women, correct? I do. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, no, and I know uh, you have you have some very thought provoking questions that you ask, and I know I, I we were talking on the phone, and I sort of got I could have talked to her all day. I was yeah. just like, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we we decided by halfway through that phone call, we were like, oh oh oh, we're each other's people. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. So one of the thought provoking questions you ask, and this is a good one, is uh, should I stay or should I go? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you, you mentioned a few things about that. Uh, just tell us more about that. What, what's, what, what do they do? Well, so, you know, when I was agonizing over this question, which I did for a, a few years, really, um, you know, I really wanted a burning bush. I wanted someone to come out. Like I, I didn't care. Right. Like, <laughs> so, like Morgan Freeman, anyone to come <laughs> down and be like, girl, it's time to go. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, you know, the internet wasn't that much of, this was like 2009. Like there wasn't a whole lot of like online uh, coaching and stuff like that at the time. And like I said, divorce coaching wasn't really a thing. So there was really nowhere, no one I could find that could answer this question for me. And when I went, and so at the, sort of at the end of the day, when I've started really going through like, what do I want to do in this business? Um, that is sort of, that is such an agonizing question and predominant question for, for so many people. And 
I think I think women agonize over it more than men do. Men seem to be, and this is a generalization, but they really do seem, first of all, 69% of divorces in the US at least are initiated by women. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I didn't know that, didn't no. know that either. No. Yeah. And you know, there could be that like women do more of the paperwork in the in the in the family, right? We're the ones that fill out the school forms, we're the ones that like so like we're the ones that are filing the documents but i do think it is overall men are more happy in their marriages than women are um marriage serves men traditional marriage the way that we have been doing marriage for the last you know eons um serves men uh more than it does more than it does women um i there are studies that have done that you know women who are divorced are like i'm never doing that again and men are much quicker to get remarried because women women's labor supports um, men's uh, aspirations. Their you know all those things, right? So so this is why this is sort of why I focus this on women um, among other reasons. So I wanted to create a system and a program to really help women answer this question because there are so many factors. It's never ending, right? And because the divorce rate for second marriages is in the US at least around 68% and for third marriages is around 74%. Oh man. We have to look at like staggering, yeah. staggering, right? Because we're not doing the work. We're not doing the inter- work to figure out what went wrong we're just like oh well he was a you know he was a jerk so let me just get another one or she was <laughs> you know whatever it is right i'll just replace them and not look at like who am i choosing why am i why am i making these choices right so part of the should i stay or should i go process for me in my program is really helping women figure out how do they get into this marriage like the internal work is the first step because if we don't know how we got into this marriage and we don't know what our childhood wounding is, our trauma, you know, we have to fix our picker before, you know, and really, really sort of get into that stuff. Otherwise, no matter at the end of the day, if you make the choice without doing that work, you're just going to repeat the patterns over and over and over again. Wow. Right. Right. So my program is really, it starts with the internal work. Like, what is your attachment style? What is your, you know, your childhood wounding? What is your, what is your family of origin? Like how, what are the, what are the generational things that you are carrying that are yours to heal, right? Before we get into what's he doing. Hmm. Right. It's almost like ownership, like taking ownership for what, what, 100%. what you have. Yeah. So like yep. I think this process though, I can see it happening either prior to the divorce or yes. the decision to leave, but also after. Is that is that during af- before, during, and after? People always say like, "I've already made the decision." Is my is your program appropriate for me? I'm like, yes, yes, do the program because the, it's the same work. If you haven't done it before, you're going to have to do it after, for mm-hmm. sure. Wow, interesting. I, you know what? I, I would love to see you know people. I, I have been married for a very long time, and so it's really kind of a little bit seems a little silly for me to actually be on divorce net and clean break the pod, you know, our podcast, um, 
when I've never been divorced. Right. So, but, but at the end of the day, I'm learning lots about not only the process and, and, and what people go through, but also a lot about my own marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's always about let's fix, let's fix it first. Right. Not just throw it away. So, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm not trying to be critical or judgmental, but I think that if somebody who was thinking about it could go through this process to make sure that it is the decision that they need to make or can what they already have be fixed. Yeah. I know one of the, one of the impactful things you said, Kate, uh, when we were speaking is that sometimes people are looking for permission, you know, and that, that really struck a chord with me because I was like, do adults ask for permission? Like, 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 do you, uh, you know, yeah. when you're a kid, you look for permission, but women do. Okay. I was going to say okay. Okay. Oh, all the time. Wow. Okay. Women ask for permission for, listen, we are waiting. We are, we're waiting for, for boys to ask us on dates. We're waiting for boys to ask us to the prom. We're waiting for, you know, someone to ask us to marry them. We're waiting for, uh, you know, and so when we get to the point where we get to choose, most women don't actually know what to do with that. We're still waiting for permission, right? So on the one hand, we're waiting for permission. Like we're looking for permission. We want to know it's okay. We, we have this internal thing in us going, this is not okay. This is not right. Whether there's emotional abuse or, or not, right? I'm this, this marriage doesn't, fit me. I feel stifled and suffocated for whatever reason. He's a great guy, but I just, ah, this isn't working for me. And women don't know that that's like, they're allowed to trust that. Yeah. You know, this, there's an entire system that has been set up that teaches women that we can't trust our instincts, that we can't trust our guts, that, that we're crazy, that, you know, we're psycho, all of those things, right? We're too emotional. We're yeah. hysterical. Yeah. Right? I'll just, I'm just going to step out of the room I, yeah, for a Yeah, let's moment. just, yeah. No, Darren, it's our No, no. <laughs> but no, but Darren, but here's the thing, right? Like, it's the men that need to hear this. We know this, Tina, yeah. right? We know this. Yeah. It's the men that need to need to understand this. So stay, please. Okay, okay. I'll leave that. No. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm in. I'm in. Um, yeah, so... So there's that kind of permission, right? There's two kinds of permission. There's that, like my feelings are justified. I am allowed to feel the way I'm feeling and I'm allowed to trust myself and I'm allowed to want more and better for myself. Mm-hmm. And then there's the permission that when women ask for ask for a divorce, like let's just like pick apart that, you know, that phraseology, right? Yeah. We're not asking. We're not asking permission, but women are more often than not. I hear women say like, I told him I want a divorce, but he says no, and he won't let me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't, he doesn't like, this is a declaration. This is not, this is not a question. He, He doesn't need to agree. He doesn't need to understand. He doesn't need to like any of it. Now these are in more volatile sort of, and often abusive uh, relationships where there's a lot of coercive control and women have been conditioned throughout their entire marriage to believe that they actually don't have a choice in most things. Right. So that's what I'm dealing with a lot. Um, you know, but, but otherwise it is, it's just, you know, Glennon Doyle's book untamed is all about this women just getting back into uh, their, their understanding that like what they want, what they crave 
is not only okay, it is, it's real. Mm -hmm. It's, it's absolutely real. Mm -hmm. And that, that we have to learn to listen to that internal voice. Now, do we just like act on it willy nilly and just be like, why, you know, I'm not happy. I'm suffocating. I don't want, you're like, no, no, but there's something to work on. As you said, Tina, there's something to work on, but if your partner isn't willing to join you in that process of working on something, yes. then you have a really big problem. Yes, mm. absolutely. Right. Okay. It's, a, it's, there's two people in the marriage. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I guess yeah. <laughs> that was good. Now, as you were telling, mentioning that book, Tina was like writing it down. So <laughs> I was like, here we go. <laughs> Excellent. Yep, um, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, yeah. it's it's, it feels empowering, really. Um, there's so many, and there are men in situations that are are, are terrible situations and, and marriages as well, right? It's it's oh, not, yeah. it's yeah. not just women that feel as emotional, absolutely as emotional. But yeah. um, what are some things like? How do you advise people to sort of not continually make these mistakes? by doing the really deep internal work, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is mostly family of origin stuff. Like we don't pick our partners based on, most of the time we don't pick our partners based on sort of, you know, logic, our logical thinking, right? We pick our partners based on some form of historical, whether it's trauma or wounding, or we're trying to get a need met um, by, you know, by the partners that we're drawn to. And so that's the most important place to look, right? We have to look at that stuff. Otherwise we are gonna keep making the same mistake. It's not a conscious choice, right? We, we're not making the same mistake over and over again because we think it's a good idea, <laughs> right? Cause we're like, yeah. oh no, this checks off all the boxes of what I think a healthy relationship should be. It's our unconscious wounding that is drawn to this person because we think they're gonna heal us because they mirror, because we also have our attachments are off, so often uh, muddled with so many other things, right? So, you know, for me personally, right, my my idea of love, right? When we when we talk about what is love, right, our love brain is mapped from infancy with earliest caregivers. Whatever kind of love we received initially, our very first, very first, you know, nurturing caregivers, whatever that looked like, that's our, that's our imprinting. That is the brain's imprint of what that is. So if it's conflated with abuse or abandonment or any, anything else that's not healthy or safe, that's what we naturally, but that's what our brain is looking for. Hmm. When it chooses love, this is why, you know, women don't get into abusive marriages or people, humans, right? Like men or women, they don't, they don't get into abusive situations just because they like see the signs, but they don't care. It's because it's actually because that's what love looks like to them. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, you know, that, that kind of, that's what love feels like. That, that brings me mm -hmm. back. That whole statement was amazing, by the way, that whole, um, portion of your of your of your your speech it takes me back to when I was a teenager right as a as a as a young man and hearing about when we were talking about like girls in school 
And guys would say, well, she only likes bad boys. Um, she only, this, this right. girl only likes the That's bad right. boys, That's right. right? And what kind of brought me yeah. back to that was with you saying that internally they're looking for that, even though they don't, maybe they'll, they don't really want that, but that's how they're conditioned inside. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it's what they've been, but it's what they've learned. Why wouldn't you like, an, right. why wouldn't you want a nice guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Why wouldn't you want the nice guy? Right. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. Right. Exactly. That's my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but that's exactly right. <laughs> um, wow. I just, it, it that's, a, like that's exactly what it is though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and you know, and the funny thing is they say you marry someone like your father, like quite often, right? So, okay. um, and, and sometimes it's because what you've learned, but also it is a little bit genetic because I'll tell you a story. My, uh, I was adopted and at birth, I, my parents got me when I was two months old and I adore my dad. Like I, he's my daddy, right? I love my daddy. Um, who I married is a little bit like my dad but I met my sister when I was 31. Okay. And she is my full biological sister. Mm -hmm. So our, our birth parents had me, gave me up for adoption, got married, had two more children. My sister has married someone similar to who I married. Oh, well, like we, we look at each other and we look at our spouses and we go, how the heck did that happen? Because I did not know of her existence until I was 31. And I've been with my husband since I was 16. Wow. So wow. it's an interesting kind of con concept, right? Because she never had a relationship with her father for many, many years. So I, I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's kind of. Nature, uh, nurture. Nature, kind of, nurture. There's yeah. a lot of, in both, right? Sure. But, yeah, but it, yeah. it still speaks to that a little bit, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure genetics plays a huge part in it as well. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, I guess, Kate, part of your job is to call people out, right? Like, just call them out, mm -hmm. right? Make them uh, a little bit? No? I, you, you look well, like yes and no. I don't call them out. I'll call out behaviors. I will call out right. um, patterns. Okay. I will, right? Because... I mean, I'm not, especially because I work with so many women who are being emotionally abused. That's really, that's gotta be hard. Um, where I've, it's really hard. It's okay. really hard. Um, and <laughs> it's hmm. really hard. Um, and so I'm not going to call them to them. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to abuse them back. Right. No, no, so, no, no. <laughs> but I am going to say, but I am going to say what you're describing is abuse. What you're describing is not acceptable. That's not okay. And I, and similarly, I will say, um, Hey, wh what are, is this what you really want for your life? Or, you know, or I'll say like, actually your response to that probably like that, that feels like an out, like an, uh, an oversized response to what's happening here. So let's look at what's fueling that response. Clearly you're being triggered by something. This is a trigger issue. This is, this is, you know, there's a great phrase. It's if it's hysterical, it's historical. So if you're, if this is, if you're having a, a reaction that's this big, let's look at what the seed is that planted that because what he said actually doesn't warrant that response. Right. So yes, I do. Yeah. I do call them out very lovingly. 
And yeah. And, and I think, again, it's, it's like we were just yeah. saying, it's about, it's about owning and understanding who you are. Yes. And not, because here's one of the things I always say uh, in, in all my relationships is I try to be uh, black, a little bit black and white on some things. I say to people, I don't take excuses because if I accept your excuse, then that means I want to give you one later. So I always say to people, I try to I encourage people not to give me excuses because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to have to accept it because that's me saying, I'm going to give you one later. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's kind of like an honesty thing for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I want to like trample all over, all over someone else and how they feel, but I just want them to know that, that you don't have to give me an excuse. Right. You don't have to, because yeah. I'm not going to accept it because right. I'm not, I don't want to give you one back later on. Yeah. So I guess what I meant by my comment was, just allowing people to understand what's going on below the surface and why they're doing those things mm -hmm. and calling them out on 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 uh, on understanding the things that are below the surface mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of what i was it's a little bit of accountability yeah. to yourself yeah it is 100 percent. Yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting and and so like how long generally does this type of process work? Is there an end and a, a start and an end or does it, is it a, do you evolve through it? Well, you know, my coaching program, my, so my one-on-one -on -one work when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, it's three months. Um, and it's, it, that's not to say like we begin and then we end and you are now different. You are, you know, but yeah. Um, what that does mean is, you know, you wouldn't go to, you wouldn't expect to go to therapy for a month and expect results. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Right. Coaching, I believe is a, is a quicker process than therapy because I can be more directive. <coughs> I can be more, um, yeah, I can be more directive and I can have, uh, so we can move things a little bit more quickly. I think, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a place and time and place for therapy and coaching and they're very different um, and they work really well in conjunction with each other. Um, but therapists are, are not allowed to be directive. Right. And so because I can be, we can move things a little bit more quickly and I can, you know, but, um, uh, I, so, so I work with them for, for three months and most of my clients end up coming back in for, you know, I call them sanity saver sessions after, you know, every couple of months or so, just to, just to sort of check in and make sure that, you know, or if they have a big issue, you know, if they're going to court and they're freaking out and they need some support, we'll do that. So, um, yeah, it's, and, a, it's and, a process like everything, right? We're never fully cooked. Yeah. <laughs> so Half-baked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would assume that exactly. <laughs> given today's environment, you're probably doing a lot of things remotely, I would assume, like over like video and- I and always- home. You know, I always did. Yeah, because coaching isn't, um, I coach women all over the world because coaching isn't um, constrained by state licensure the way that um, therapy is. I know a lot of therapists who are just call, you know, calling themselves coaches now because they're tired of the, you know, having to do everything in, in, in proximity and in person. So yeah, I do everything. All my, all my coaching calls are on the phone. I don't even do zoom. <laughs> I just, um, I talk to them on the phone and then, um, and they always have been, that's the way I've done doing it for the last 11 years. And then my, uh, and then, and then I do live, I do zoom for, you know, various things, other things, but yeah, totally. Every, all were, all my work is remote. So I feel like we haven't even touched the surface of the surface. So, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> we're barely skimming it. So, um, but we are coming to the end of this podcast. We are going to hop off and uh, bring you back in for another call. So thank you so much, Kate. Can you just tell our listeners how they can listen to you, get a, get in touch with you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, everything is on my website, which is kateanthony.com. Um, my podcast, the Divorce Survival Guide podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you listen. And um, I'm on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. And I just started TikTok. So oh, <laughs> boy. let me guess, that was the younger generation that wanted you to do that. <laughs> I don't awesome. know. It was like, I don't even know, but I'm over there. I just started like two days ago. I've got two videos up on TikTok. I'm also at the Divorce Survival Guide on TikTok. So I, you know, if that's where you if that's where you listen, if that's where you consume content, go for it. Yeah, it, it is a new world. It's a new definitely, world. Definitely. I make, I know I'm, I make no promises. I'm, you know, they say, they say that the over 50 are really good at TikTok, but so far I'm not really finding My, it, my wife's so. on it. She's <laughs> on it all the time now. Like it, her new medium, she puts her earbuds in, she goes sits out on the deck and she listens and watches little TikTok videos. Right. So, yeah. and two years ago when it, I first yeah. showed it to her, she's like, I'll never be on that. That just looks ridiculous. Now she loves it. <laughs> So I don't know. I think we're gonna have to do something with the worst than on TikTok or something. It just seems to me like it's just a bunch of silly little. Anyway, that's another slide. Yeah. That's a rabbit hole. All it's right, a, we're a gonna, hole, yeah. We're gonna wrap it up right now. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you'd like to connect with other divorce professionals, by all means, check out divorcenet.ca, where we will help you out and get you through the journey. Uh, until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. Get organized, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.